0: Good morning. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 20, verses 9 to 19. No. 1 to 8. <laughs> I got it right. Is it 1,
1: it's two? one to 8? This is 1 to
0: 8. Yeah. Okay. Um, Good morning, (laughs) again, (laughs) reading from Luke 20, verses 1 to 19,
1: 18,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got the script (laughs) in my second.
1: Gareth, let me just apologise to Helena, you've been given the wrong reading, which is tonight's dream. It's not Helena's fault, that is our fault (laughs) as a church, and I want to apologise. Uh, we're, we're looking at verses 1 to 8 today, okay, and I, as the vicar of the church, blame me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Once again, good morning. <laughs> Reading from Luke 20, verses 1 to 8. Okay. One day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple, quotes, and proclaiming the good news, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him. Tell us by what authority you are doing these things, they said. Who gave you this authority? He replied, I will also ask you a question. Tell me, John's baptism, it's, was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, Why didn't you believe him? If we say of human origin, all the people will stone us because they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered, We don't know where it was from. Jesus said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks, Thanks be to you. God. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning everyone, my name is Graeme Pringle. I'm an associate minister here at St Paul's. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're our king. And as we've been singing, your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. We worship you. We thank you for your authority. And just as you spoke to people 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, so speak to us here today. In your precious name. Amen. So I want you to imagine that you're the vicar of this church. And during the past few weeks, as you've been walking down the parade, you've seen uh, a street preacher who's been shouting to people as they pass by, calling them to, to repent and to believe and turn to God. Sometimes there's just one or two people standing listening to him, so other times there's, there's a small group of people. And then after a few weeks, one Wednesday morning, as you're coming to come to the midweek service, you notice that this, this uh, street preacher is not in his usual spot. In fact, he's moved and taken up a spot in the church garden, just at the back there. Okay. And what are you going to do? Are you going to welcome him? Do you want to engage in conversation with him? Do you ask him to move on? Let's say you decide not to do anything at that stage. The next day, he's back there again, and this time there are more people gathered around listening to him. By Friday, there's quite a small crowd. On Saturday, three people ring you up to say that they've been listening to this preacher, and he's very, very critical of the things that are happening here at St. Paul's, and also of the vicar. By Sunday there's a big crowd and you really want to get rid of him. What do you do? After all, you're the vicar. Do you go into a debate with him? But there's a large crowd there hanging on to his every word. Do you call the police? After all, he is trespassing on church gardens. Do you ask him why he thinks he's got a right to be there? what you do well it's exactly that sort of dilemma that the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders faced in our Bible reading they'd all heard of Jesus of course he'd been preaching for about three years and they knew that he was very critical of them but so far this has all been done at a distance Jesus had been preaching and teaching in Galilee which was many 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 miles away. In fact it was would have taken quite an effort for people from Jerusalem to go all the way to Galilee to actually hear what he was saying. But now he's stopped preaching there. He's in Jerusalem, and not just anywhere in Jerusalem, he's in the temple courts. This is your patch. Their patch. And he's causing trouble. In the few verses before that that we had today, Jesus again in the temple court had already overturned the tables and and thrown out thrown out people who were trading in the temple. He was questioning their authority, saying, "You've got no right to be here. This is a house of prayer." Drove them out, and in response the chief priests, the elders, the teachers of the law were now questioning Jesus' authority. In the rest of chapter 20, you'll see the different ways in which they try to to get rid of Jesus. On one occasion, they try to trap him into saying something illegal so that the Romans would arrest him. On another occasion, they try to get him to say things that are unpopular so that the crowd would turn against him. But that's not where they begin. They begin by challenging his authority. What gives you the right to be here? So let's look at uh, chapter 20, verse 2. On one day, Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts, proclaiming the good news, and the chief priests, the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him. Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things, they said. Who gave you this authority? The Gospels have got a lot to say about authority, particularly Luke's Gospel. Luke mentions the word authority 12 times in his Gospel. So just a little quiz to start us off. Can anybody think chronologically when was the first time that the Gospels mention The word authority. It's not an easy question, but I just wonder if any of you can can remember when that might be. No guesses? The temptations in the desert. desert. Well done. Well done. That is really good. Round of applause for that. It's uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 5 to 7. The devil led him, that's Jesus, up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It's been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you'll worship me, it will all be yours. The devil understands the true value of authority, and he offers his authority to Jesus. That's the first reference. Again, chronologically, can anybody think of one is the last reference in the Gospels about authority? And a clue, it's not in Luke's Gospel this time. It's in Matthew's Gospel. The Great Commission. Yeah, let's look at that. Matthew 28. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. But when they saw him, they worshipped him, And you see there's a lovely contrast there, one from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, one from the very end. The very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he's just been baptized, he's not yet started preaching, this is before that. Right at the very beginning, the devil is saying to Jesus, if you're going to get anywhere, then you're going to need authority, and I'm the one who's got it, and I'm the one who can give it to you. Authority belongs to me, and I'll give it to you, if you'll worship me but Jesus turns him down he doesn't want the devil's authority he doesn't need the devil's authority because he's already got God's authority and at the very end of Jesus' public ministry Jesus effectively says to his disciples all authority belongs to me and I want to share it with you So that's the beginning and the end. But our passage today, somewhere between those two, we have the chief priests and the elders questioning his authority. Who gave you this authority? And interestingly, Jesus doesn't answer the question because he knows it's a trap. If he says, well, no one's given me authority, then they can just say, well, clear off. You're not welcome here. But if Jesus gives a reason for his authority, then they know they can twist his words. Perhaps they can twist it to show that he's going against Caesar, who has ultimate authority in the Roman world, and he's challenging Caesar's authority. Or worse still, perhaps they can twist his words into saying that he's challenging God's authority, that he's speaking blasphemy. So Jesus doesn't answer the question. And just as he had overturned the tables, literally, in the temple a few days before, now he turns the tables, metaphorically, on these people. People who are questioning his authority, he then says similar things to them he, they've set a trap for him he sets a trap for them and he says before i answer just answer this question for me what about john the baptist where does his authority come from and they then found themselves in exactly the same position that they tried to put jesus in well if we say it's uh, it's uh, it's just human authority, then people, the crowd are going to turn against us. And if we say it's God's authority, well, then he's going to say, well, why didn't you believe him? So Jesus cleverly sidesteps the question, the trap. But Luke wants us to know the answer to that question. And in his gospel, he has been giving us that answer in all the other occasions where he's been talking about authority. So let's go back to near the beginning, to Luke chapter 4, verse 32. This is just shortly after Jesus has been tempted in the wilderness. He's rejected the devil's authority. And he's gone to Capernaum and has started preaching and teaching there. And we read that the people were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority Notice that the chief priests didn't recognize his authority, but the ordinary people did. They heard his teaching, and they recognized the things that he said had authority. And then a few verses on from that, Luke 4, 36. All the people were amazed and said to each other, what words are these? With authority and power he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. It's not just the teaching that has authority the things that he says the things that he does is be, he's acting with authority evil spirits are, are obeying him next chapter, Luke 5 verse 24 this is the story of when the uh, friends of the paralyzed man brought them to Jesus and cut a hole in the roof and lowered him down And Jesus says, But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And so he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Now, this is something different. Authority to forgive sins. I mean, anybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people can speak with authority, a lot of people can act with authority, but who can forgive sins? And the answer to that question is that only God can forgive sins. And Jesus is saying that he has been given authority to forgive sins. In other words, this authority that he's got has come from God, he's acting in God's authority. A couple of chapters further on, Luke 7, verse 8. This is the story of the centurion whose servant is ill. And the centurion, Roman centurion, feels that he's not worthy to have Jesus come to his house, but he's got a servant who's seriously ill, about to die. He knows that Jesus can heal him. And so he sends a messenger to say, please will you heal my servant? He didn't want Jesus to come to him because he didn't feel worthy and he was rather horrified when he finds that Jesus is now on his way to his house. And so he sends another messenger and says, stop, no, don't don't come, I'm not worthy. Just say the word. You have authority. I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. And again, there's this irony, isn't there, that not only is that can the, the elders and the, the chief priests, they do not see Jesus' authority. We've seen earlier on that the ordinary people, the Jewish people, they could recognize it. And now the irony is that this Gentile, not even Jew, this Gentile recognizes the authority of Jesus. And the last one we look at is Luke chapter 9, verses 1 to 2. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal those who were ill. So the authority that Jesus had been given from God He shares first with the 12, and then we won't look it up, but in the the next chapter, he shares his authority with the 72 as he sends them out. And in the Great Commission, he he shares that authority with all of us. But the point is that he's giving his authority away so that those who receive it can do the things that he'd been doing. That they can teach with authority, that they can preach with authority, that they can heal with his authority, that they can drive out demons with his authority. Jesus doesn't just want authority for himself, he wants to share it with you and me. Of course in the western world we find ourselves in a very different context to those that Jesus found himself in in 2,000 years ago and particularly in our relationship and what people think about authority how it's changed over the centuries and even in my lifetime I've noticed how people's attitude to authority has significantly changed today many people have a deep mistrust of anyone or any organization that has authority Support for the monarchy has declined. People don't trust politicians anymore. Professionals have lost respect and authority, be that teachers, clergy, bankers. There is less respect unless their authority has been depleted. People no longer trust organizations that used to have overwhelming support. Be that the church, the BBC, the post office. And it's largely because there's been one scandal after another where those in authority have abused their authority. Politicians asking questions for money. Other politicians giving preferential treatment to their friends. The church being complicit in the slave trade organizations including the church and the post office protecting their own reputation and putting that first and not worrying about who gets hurt clergy who have abused children Weinstein who abused women police officers who are racist and bring false charges and the many people in authority who have chosen to turn a blind eye to abuse and some who have actively tried to cover it up. When the devil said to Jesus, I'll give you my authority, that's the type of authority he was talking about. Authority that's self-serving, authority that's an abuse of power. And that's the authority that Jesus said he wanted nothing to do with. But as I say, during my lifetime, I've seen one scandal after another, a drip, drip, drip. And many people have said, I just don't trust any of them. They're all as bad as each other. Which has created an authoritative vacuum. in which in recent years has been filled with celebrities and influencers. For many people today, there is no absolute authority. Instead, they choose who they want to listen to. To some extent, it's always been like that. For decades, people have chosen which newspaper they wanted to read. And they buy the newspaper which tells them the sort of stories that they want to hear. But with social media, it's become... Uh, m- more immersive. All day long, people can hear and watch YouTube clips and TikTok videos, and they can see and listen to their celebrities and influencers who they are choosing to follow. The devil must be laughing. And even for many of us who are Christians who claim to follow Jesus. For some, Jesus is just one of several people who they are following. I'm nearly finished, but before I conclude, I just want us to have just a minute or two of quiet as we listen to God and ask him the question, who am I following? Who's influencing me? So let's just have a minute or so of quiet And let God, through his Holy Spirit, speak to us. Lord, who am I following? Each one of us is called to follow Jesus. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. We're not called to follow Jesus and someone else. Just Jesus. We're called to follow Jesus because all authority has been given to him. And for some of us, that's a hard thing to accept because authority has become a dirty word for you. Some of you may have been badly hurt or abused by someone in authority. Others of us have become disillusioned by the abuse of authority that we've seen and heard in others. But that sort of authority is not from God, it's from the devil. Jesus comes with God's authority. And Jesus only used his authority for the good of others, never for himself. If we're followers of Jesus, then Jesus wants us to receive that authority from him, that we too can use that authority, authority to do good, authority to heal the sick, Authority to make disciples. Authority to teach people everything that he's taught us. So let's leave this place this morning knowing that we're going in God's name with Jesus' authority to live as disciples in his world and to do the things that he was doing. Amen. Oh man, thank you, Graham. We're going to sing our final song now. I'm going to sing, "Be Thou My Vision."